I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today, we're going to explore something new together, and I'm super excited about it. I'm going to give you a little bit of background before we get going But what's really cool and different about today's episode is it is part one of a four-part series that has been uniquely designed to go deep into a super tough topic. And that topic is people-powered growth fueled by transformative technology. You can imagine, this is a big one. And that is why it's broken into four parts. So today is part one. It's all about personalized performance and it is featuring Lara Balaj from Intuit and Susie Daring from eBay. Both of these ladies are experts in this field, so I was very excited to get together with them and to learn from them. But what's even cooler is we got together, the three of us, on a stage at Intuit's headquarters, and we're broadcasting live to the entire Intuit organization around the world. So... Part two, part three, part four are going to be done exactly the same way with Intuit hosting us and a new guest CMO each time. But today, as we tackle personalized performance, both Laura and I were super excited to welcome the fabulous Susie Durin, CMO of eBay. Here we go. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you here and your lovely team and be with Susie. So I'm very excited about today. Let's start with you, Susie. Tell us about you and eBay and how you define personalized performance. Absolutely. First of all, this is so fun. It's nice to actually be in communities that you feel you all speak the same language and and we're solving kind of the same challenges just from different angles. So thank you for the time to be here. Personalized performance, it's interesting because I think that many times we think of that in the sense of, 
how personal can we really get? And how do we think about customers in a very different value exchange as it relates to us as a brands and what we're communicating or what we're sharing with our customers? And so when I think personalized performance, I would say very often we would talk about it as one-to-one. And I'm not 100% convinced yet that that's actually where we have to go. I think there's times that one-to-one makes sense. But I think that in our day and age where people are finding interest in communities and common things that they're interested in, I feel that's a better space to stay in and also think about as brands, how do we then express better value for them in those moments? I'd rather spend more time understanding where in their customer journey can we make those meaningful impacts and touch points to then really get that right performance. Yeah, it's so interesting because we can't do personalization or intimacy at scale without the help of technology and without the help of talented individuals who actually know how to drive technology or without data. So we're going to get into all those topics today and we're going to talk about it from the human side of things. So how do you think about that at eBay and how do you work with your IT department? I'm smiling because if I go back into my college days, if you would have told me that I'd be sitting on this stage having a conversation (laughs) about technology, I would have said, what? No, I'm not a computer science major. That's my roommate. And I'm in marketing and advertising. And I think that's the beauty of it is our roles are being completely redefined. And by the way, I'm going to tell you, I'm learning. And that's why I love these moments, because I don't have all the answers. But One thing that I have found is the IT or your tech teams and your engineers, they all want to understand more from us than we probably ever give them credit to. I think very often we hold ourselves back because we don't know how to have that conversation. And I always refer to it, how do you find your love language? What's the love language that you can have with your partners across your organization and understand very often that the conversation you're having isn't necessarily about how to actually go deploy it, but how to think of it through that lens of the customer. And Trust me, the other thing that marketers we've done for so long is, oh, it's the voice of the customer. We want the customer first. This is probably one of those moments where we'd say, you have no option. You have to think about what is the experience that you want to deliver to the customer and ensure that when you're having those discussions with your partners, wherever those partners are, that you can really express that on their behalf. And so I feel often my job is to be the champion on behalf of the customer. It's interesting because when we talk about technology, I think so often we think that we're just going to be hands off the wheel and we kind of sit back and go, let it go. It's going to be great. The machines are going to pick it all up, but it's just going to do this magical thing. And the reality is, is that's not what you want. We have even a tougher job now as marketers to understand both the technology and what it can do and what it's not going to do or what to prevent it from doing. And the human component is so critical to that. And I'm going to be quiet here in a second, but I'm going to tie it home. If I just take eBay, for example, there's a big difference. We're a little messy. We understand that because we're a very open marketplace. There's something so pure about that, but we We also know that our biggest motivator is how to still make that mess matter to our customer in a way that is unique. We talk about technology as human-powered technology, not technology that powers or influences 
humans. That is a super, super important difference. We want our technology to be informed by our customers and the human component, not enabling humans to feel like that they are being overpowered by technology. And I think that as marketers for all of us, if we keep that in our mindset, then I think that you can then be an incredible advocate across the business and how you restate what marketing's role is in partnership with engineers, technology, IT, and so forth. Mm -hmm. I love that. And we partner heavily, heavily with technologists. I know many people in this room do that. And my partner in crime is our chief information officer, Atticus Tyson. And we are so obsessed with the customer and customer back, which is what you're getting at, Susie. And we train every single employee on design for delight and customer-driven innovation, which is all about working customer back. And because of that, our technologists are trained in that as well. And we're always working off the same play sheet when it comes to the customer. But yeah, it doesn't happen without the technologists. They're such important partners and we have to be tight at the hip with them and we are. Yeah. And one other quick thing on that is I think too often we get very caught up in org structures and not thinking about, oh, well, that's their team and our team. And again, what I love is, is that when you go in with a customer intention in mind, there's no org structure that tells you how to make that connection. And I use this example. When I came into eBay, one of the things that I found really fascinating was when I asked, okay, so who from a technology standpoint and the product experience team can I be partnering with? And they were like, you want to talk to the product people? And I was like, yes, I want to talk to the product people. And, and it was breaking down silos and creating, establishing communication that hadn't existed. And I would sit here and tell you, nobody put that as my, here's one of your responsibilities coming in, or here's an org chart that you need to live within these constructs, if you will. And I commend you all for having a customer first lens and and designing with customer intent in mind. But that's still not always easy to act that way every day. Because at the end of the day, you have goals. Right. And those sometimes do yes. come in conflict. Outcome metrics, as we call them. <laughs> them that's exactly right. We're obsessed. So we've talked about how you work with your IT teams. And now what fuels it is data. And that's also an interesting topic because as a marketer, you have a responsibility for that data to ensure that you're using it appropriately. And on the IT side, it's where does this plug in? And then there's the role of the data scientist in the middle that turns a lot of numbers into magical value. So let's talk about that process for you at eBay. One of the reasons why I was so excited to come to eBay, if you look in the landscape of companies right now, there's so many companies that are struggling because they're trying to figure out how do they get data, you know, how do they really impact the way in which they energize that data to do good. And then there's others who have immense amounts of data and don't know necessarily how to go tell a different story or not just be output driven. And so it's been super fascinating because it still comes down to that customer, understanding how to put 
into motion, what are the things that we're trying to solve for? And trying to put different conversations into the room. I'll give you one example. There are incredibly smart, unbelievably talented people that we have in every aspect of our business. And sometimes it's kind of overwhelming, right? Because I look and I go, wow, this is amazing. These people are so incredibly smart. They can tell, I can ask one question. They're going to give me 1,600 reams of information and data and output. And what I found is, is that my role actually very often was just to say, hold on, back up. What did we really want to know? What was it that we were trying to accomplish? Where were we trying to go? What were we trying to make happen? And being able to then understand that to then get the right data and then understand how that data needs to then go back into the process to make us smarter and to inform. And again, we're not doing that spectacularly across the board, but I would tell you, we've made massive, Mm -hmm. massive advancements. And one particular area is going back to the very first conversation, interest. We can tell you where there's likeness of behavior and interest. Being able to then be able to connect those interests and to connect them to the things that they care about has been extremely powerful. That's unintrusive to the customer, but yet very, very different and rewarding for our teams internally because they see something other than just a data output. They see a customer change. And that, again, I think is too often we don't celebrate the other flip side of it, which is just the output side. We don't celebrate the fact that they were able to solve or to connect different ways in which that data could be powered. Mm -hmm. Data for us here at Intuit is a a journey. I think anybody would tell you that in the room. In fact, as a company, we have proclaimed having clean data as a big bet uh, because the reality is we have different product offerings and we have customers who may only use one or they may use multiple and the big number one goal is just to be able to identify them mm-hmm. and know that, again, there's this human on the other side, and we want to connect with them in a way that we show we know them. And so we've really crystallized something we call the one Intuit identity, which allows somebody who's registered online, we know who they are. So when they call our customer success center, our customer care folks, they can identify them, we can notify them in a way that makes sense. And that, for many of you who've worked on this, around this, it is a big deal. Because if you're acting like somebody's a Mint customer, but they're really a TurboTax customer, and you can't really reflect that, that's not going to be a good customer experience. And that's what we deeply, deeply care about. Yeah. So it's interesting because we're talking about what data is good data and what to use. And just because we can know something about someone doesn't mean we should, frankly. You know, it has to be really uh, thoughtful and create value. Uh, We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when there was a a friend of mine who is a data scientist. And he said, Dean, the key is to not only feed information back to the customer that's delicious, because that's what actually machine learning is geared to do, is to bring back things it thinks you want based on your prior behavior. But it's our responsibility to bring back things that are also nutritious and things that can help them advance. And so how do you work across this huge team between marketing, technology, your data scientist team? You can really think about those two components and balance them. How do you orchestrate all that? First of all, I would say don't try and go bowl the ocean if it's a certain customer segment, if it's a certain customer interest, wherever that magic point is, 
Go and look and find a way to where you can truly understand that full immersive journey that that customer is going to be on and learn. I find very often that it's what we shouldn't be doing that is more helpful than what we found that worked. And being able to apply that back in, I think that's where scale starts to come. Mm -hmm. Because very often we try very hard to go solve for everything. I was tease my team saying, don't go think you have to go bake the cake, put the icing on it, get it completely decorated, and then come out and have this big ta-da. Show me how you're making the cake as we're going through because being able to have that iterative nature and being able to understand so that it is nutritious, and I still love that. I love the nutrition side of data is so important, but you're going to have to eat a little bit of bad to understand what really is better for you. And I think that's part of it. And very often it's probably putting more discipline to yourself. I know this is me speaking to me, which is I have sometimes have to put blinders on and go, nope, this is what we're trying to accomplish. I got to stay true to understanding what outcome are we looking for and how do we make sure that we're constantly being able to iterate on that. Then we'll be able to get to scale. Mm-hmm. That's right. And one of the things that I love about this whole environment, this whole space is we're still all learning about it. Like you said at the beginning, Susie. And when we talk about our design for delight and our customer driven innovation, what's great is we've overlaid what we call our Intuit way of experimentation, which I love in that we have this whole test and learn approach and we've created a learning module on how to learn how to test. And so how do you do multivariate testing? And I think it gets at your point, which is bad results are good too, because you're learning from them, but you have to have a whole test and learn mentality and a nimble kind of agile approach all of the time. So I think that's key as you're working with the data. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up uh, learning too, because obviously key to success is where we started as people and the teams that work together and learning from each other. How do you create a program here at Intuit to help folks who want to learn about each other's professions either grow or find new paths? Um, One of the things I was so drawn to Intuit was this idea that we absolutely invest in our employees and we have something we call Intuit way of marketing and communications and it's a whole learning and development program we have all the tools to learn across all the different crafts that live within marketing and communication, which today it's so vast. And it's a really interesting challenge that we have right now as the function defining what we are. So we have everything from online learning modules through LinkedIn to customized modules that teach you how to do all of these things. And the amount of time that we put into it is pretty impressive. Talking about data, just a really important thing. We in the Bay Area, as Susie would know, it's really hard to get the brightest talent in data scientists. And so we have ramped up our our hiring there, but we've also invested in what we call upskilling our current folks. And we've put 800 employees into a learning course that allows them to learn more about data science and machine learning, as an example. And it's a six-month course. We're now trying to get it down to three months. But that is a great example of where we're investing in our people and not just always going outside. 
Wow, super cool. Hope you guys all knew about that. Taking advantage of that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take the class. Uh, <laughs> how about you guys at EB? Our CFO, Scott Schenkel, has done an amazing job in his organization where he has obviously finance and analytics. And he refers to all of his folks as athletes. He wants athletes that can continually to train and learn new sports and learn new talents and skills. And he does rotation training across his group. The benefit for us in marketing is we get a lot of those folks into the marketing organization because they're our partner. And that's where a lot of our analytics team sits in the finance group. And then, of course, we have data scientists that are sitting in the product teams. But what I find really helpful is, is that, one, we're learning from each other constantly. And being able to have that athlete mentality, I think, is super important. And another place that I would tell you that talent, we have to make sure, yes, it isn't always about going outside, but it's also going to the unexpected place. And so you know that I have a super passion, you know, we're going to go with this conversation, Mm -hmm. which is back into the university systems, because my feeling is, is that we aren't training at the university level the proper way, because we're not preparing for what we're all facing right now, which is, I'm not just having to know about marketing, I don't need to go be a developer or a coder, but I need to understand that and I need to understand how to communicate with them. I don't need to be a data scientist, but shoot, I need to understand what I should be doing with that data. But we don't really have, in most university systems, the ability to get that cross training and pollination of um, thinking. And so I went to the University of Georgia and I work with the academic side to help with how to create what they are taking kind of from a vocational training perspective into the university so that they can get that cross-pollination, if you will, of thinking, which I think is probably going to be a phenomenal place for us and marketing to then adapt within even company structures. And so I think we just have to get completely fresh new ways of looking at how we're thinking about talent and how we're growing them and really throw out the book and kind of start and maybe, again, learn from where we're not going to get it right, but understand that constantly along the way we're going to be continuing to learn. I love that. And oh, by the way, for everyone here in the room and tuning in, I don't know where the cameras are, but um, that means you too, right? I mean, you can pay it forward and help other young professionals because you're now in the field and you can serve as excellent mentors to people around you. And if you're looking for mentors, you can also look up. Don't be afraid to ask somebody, hey, can you spend 30 minutes with me and grab a cup of coffee? So just want to share that little tidbit. And how about you? How are you thinking? Oh, I think any way we can pay it forward, learn from each other is key. And inherent in that is breaking down the silos. We are on a journey to really embracing that we're a platform. And part of being a platform is acknowledging that the world isn't designed vertically anymore. It's designed horizontally. And our customers have nonlinear experiences with our products. And so we ourselves have to acknowledge that we have to move beyond our expertise, move beyond our craft, our channel, and think horizontally about how our customers interact with our products. And if we're always operating like our org chart, we are doing our customers a disservice. Yeah. So we have about three minutes left before we get to q and I'm going to change this conversation entirely for a second, but get your questions ready. I want to know about you as people. <laughs> I already know you as people. I like to hang out with you guys because you're fun. Uh, But um, what one thing did you do this week or last week outside of work that just really made you smile? 
This is actually really timely because I have two wonderful children and I have two fur babies. And when one of my fur babies had to go into surgery unexpectedly yesterday, I ran out at the door and of course, like everything kind of hit pause for a moment. And the most exciting thing and the biggest smile on my face was last night at 830 when I walked in and I walked over to his little cage and he looked up and his big brown eyes, just you could see like the immediacy of like happiness. And it just was the biggest joy because you could realize that there was just that that immediate connection, which I think goes to everything that we've been talking about today, which is finding those moments where you can truly make that one-to-one connection and and understand where that joy does come from. Oh, I'm sorry about your dog, but I'm no, happy. It's, you know what? He's oh, going to be great. I have He's a fur good. baby too. Fur babies. Yeah. How about you? I feel like I need to get a dog. Oh, you yeah. might. <laughs> it's just too much responsibility. I, but I've thought about it. I just, um, you'll, you'll appreciate this. So what made me smile and something I did in the last week was with school back in swing. My kids are back in school. I have two boys and my younger son, Zach, who's 12. I was like, you got to do sports. You got to get out there. And so he does cross country you know, he had his first meet and he, I, I come home from work. He's done his first meet. This is last Friday. And he said, mom, I mean, I need a foot massage. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? But it made me smile because he knew I wouldn't do it, but I I had to appreciate it. And there was a human connection. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 